This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Craig Earlham in London. Good morning and happy new year, Craig. How are you doing? Happy new year. Let's get the latest from the markets first, Craig. Yesterday we saw some healthy rises across most markets, those except for US tech, perhaps. It's a fairly quiet picture so far today across Asia and Europe. What's the latest? Well, I think the first thing to say is that it's it's a funny time of year. I think sometimes too much can be read into the market moves around this time of year. Starting late December, the so-called Santa rallies, this idea of the euphoria in the festive season rubbing off on the market. We can then see jumpy markets in January, sometimes quite negative markets. And again, too much is read into that, whether that's to do with rate increases and the, what the possibility that, that that could have destabilizing effects on the economy or going back over the last decade, whether that was the debt crisis, whatever. It always seems that people get too carried away with the negative in January after sometimes getting too carried away with the positive in December. And I think really what we're just seeing is that we're seeing these kind of less liquid it's particularly in the festive season, uh, uh, the kind of year-end squaring, things like that. I think that tends to be a big driver for these markets. Now, the one difference this year is the fact that the data that we've seen from the Omicron variant has been quite promising in terms of the impact, not on the caseloads, the caseloads have been have skyrocketed, but in terms of the hospitalizations and the fatality numbers, they've still been comparatively very low. So I think that's giving people a bit more optimism about how the economy can perform in the first quarter of this year how many restrictions are going to be necessary, the impact that that's going to have on businesses, etc. Yes, we are seeing because of the high case numbers in the short term, we are seeing those negative impacts for businesses. But that is still now looking like a very short term problem. And it's something that OPEC Plus alluded to yesterday, which we'll come to shortly. But I think there's a lot more optimism. So I do think that helped to feed the kind of Santa rally feeling. And I think now we're just seeing the kind of jittery markets at the start of this year. Yes, we saw US tech pull off negatively and that could potentially be a flag of some underlying nerves in the markets but again i think that there's more of a time of year aspect to that one thing i will note is that one of the reasons that was alluded to is in terms of why tech could have been showing a bit of softness was the fact that over the last couple of days we've seen higher yields in the us now this is kind of taking us back to a narrative which precedes omicron where there was a lot of focus going into this year about the impact of high inflation rising inflation and higher interest rates and what impact that will have on the economy in the short to medium term and whether that will be enough to destabilize markets in 2022 perhaps some of that narrative is starting to flow back in with the more positive omicron news having now been factored into these markets that could potentially contribute to some of the jitters that we do see in the opening month of this year. But I think, like, like I say, going back to my initial point, I don't like to read too much into the movements that we uh, see around this time of year just because of the number of different factors which can factor into it. And of course, Omicron is a, a major factor in all of this. And we saw yesterday Prime Minister Boris Johnson at his latest, in fact, his first of the new year, his uh, press conference, and he painted a, a reasonably optimistic picture, although the scientists weren't quite as positive, were they? And it is confusing for markets when we are getting this mixed picture. Obviously, we know that Omicron is less severe, hospitalizations are lower, but there is still some time to go before we really get the absolute picture as to how this is going to affect the months and weeks ahead. Like I say, the early data that we've seen is promising. 
from what we can tell so far, the it's spreading rapidly, which is going to take its toll, as I say, on businesses in the shorter term, because if people are testing positive, they're still having to isolate. So that impacts um, employers in terms of how, how many people are able to show up for work, etc. And also it affects consumer demand as well. If there's obviously more people isolating, that's less people to visit the shops, go to bars and restaurants, socialize and see people. And it also lends to itself to more cautious behaviour as people are continuing to receive the booster, etc. So I think that's going to have an impact on the first month of the year. But I think what we may start to see is those caseloads naturally start to drop because of the booster uptake and because of the sheer number of cases that we are seeing right now. You expect that that would start to then drop and should start to see to lead to a bit more positivity going into the end uh, of the first quarter. But then it's always worth noting that we are just dealing with the data that we have to hand right now. And we're always learning about this virus and, and what the effects of it are going to be on the medium and longer term. So we never know everything, but from what we have at this moment in time, Omicron doesn't seem to be the fearsome beast uh, that we've that at times towards the back end of last year, there the was concerns it could be. You mentioned OPEC a little earlier, and of course yesterday we saw OPEC Plus decide to raise its output target by 400,000 barrels per day from next month. Now that move had been broadly expected, uh, hadn't it, given US pressure to boost supply and no major new COVID restrictions. So how did markets and the oil price respond to that? I don't think it was US pressure so much that really led to this decision. There was a lot, a lot of US pressure and they actually had that coordinated SPR released towards the back end of last year uh, to try and cool uh, oil prices because it was going to be seen as so detrimental, both in terms of the economic recoveries, but if you look at Joe Biden in terms of the midterms, um, it did seem that along the a lot of the blame was coming his way for high uh, high prices at the pump. So I think he wanted to be seen to be doing something. Um, I don't think it had too massive an impact. I think the, the pull-off that we've seen in oil prices since has been coincidental because of Omicron and the the uncertainty that that's caused and the impact that that had on um, the price of a barrel of oil. But as we've seen over the last month, like I say, the data has been more positive and OPEC plus alluded to that in their statement after the meeting. So in December, if we go back a month, they decided to continue to increase production by 400,000 barrels per day each month as they started back in July and as is expected to run towards the end of this year. They agreed to do so again in January, despite the uncertainty of Omicron. You remember that the meeting actually was planned to take place on the Tuesday. It got pushed back to the Friday, so they could collect more data. And clearly, come the Friday, they just didn't have enough data to hand to be able to make a conclusive judgment. They didn't want to be seen to act in a knee-jerk manner by pairing that back or by cancelling it altogether, like some had suggested they would. And instead, they left the door open and effectively said that they would... Um, there would any immediate adjustments could take place before the next meeting, depending on how severe the Omicron variant turned out to be. And what they've effectively said yesterday is no action is necessary based on the day to day. You have to, and they haven't seen any severe impact uh, over the medium term on demands, the short term negative impacts. But over the medium term, they don't expect there to be any significant change in the demand outlook, and therefore there was no need to adjust um, their planned increases both in February, but it seems that therefore uh, as a knock-on effect going forward as well. In terms of the impact on oil prices, there wasn't really much of an impact on oil prices. They did move a little bit higher on the day, but that was continuing a trend that had been evolving over the course of the last couple of weeks as the data has come out with Omicron and people have become more confident that the economic impact was going to be less severe than it could have otherwise been. Um, We've seen oil prices along with stock markets gradually um, move higher 
once more. Initially, we saw the fear being factored in, and as that's uh, unwound, so has the decline that we've seen in oil prices going into yesterday's meeting, which just confirmed what everyone was already thinking. Okay, well, let's look ahead to the rest of today and um, some important announcement from across the Atlantic, I believe, we're expecting a bit later. This week is an interesting kind of data week, but also there's uh, the Fed minutes. So let's go with the Fed minutes first. Obviously, the the meeting in December, the Fed paired, accelerated its tapering of its asset purchases, now expected to wind them up in March rather than June. That was in response to the higher inflation data that we've been seeing from the US and the tighter labor markets. Um, uh, and we've seen more data already this week. The minutes could show just how much uh, policymakers are kind of moving in that direction. Some suggesting now that we could get an interest rate hike as early as March when the bond buying is um, net, the new net asset purchases are brought to an end. Now, I think I'm more in that school of thought. I think the central bank wants to be seen to acting quickly so that it doesn't have to act too aggressively further down the line. And I think people are going to be looking today towards these minutes to see how many policymakers are thinking along those lines as well and see whether the markets are correctly positioned in terms of not just how many rate hikes we could see this year and next, but also when we expect the first one to come up that aligns with market expectations. I think that's going to be the key thing today. today. There's going to be the Fed minutes later on in the US session. We've also got the ADP a number that's seen as a kind of precursor to the NFP on Friday, the US jobs report again, which is expected to show continued tightness in the US labour market. It's never a perfect um, estimate, uh, sometimes actually far from it. So I think people do often take this with a pinch of salt and we'll probably uh, do the same today. And then finally, we've got the PMI revised numbers again. These typically don't have a huge impact just because they are revised numbers and quite often the revisions are quite small. Um, but we do have uh, the services PMI revisions from uh, the US later on today. Uh, so that will be another notable release. The crude inventories as well, perhaps as well, um, in terms of the, the oil market. Uh, but yeah, so plenty to keep an eye on this week. But really, this week, I think, is going to be primarily about the FOMC minutes later on this evening and then Friday's job report. We're not really expecting any big surprises from these minutes, are we? I mean, most of what we think is going to happen has already been priced in by markets, is it not? Yeah, I think it has. Uh, I think we have to remember the Fed is typically, and especially over the years, has become increasingly good at communication uh, with the markets in terms of their policy ideas uh, and where they're heading towards. I'd argue in the back end of last year, the last few months of the year, they were kind of slow to themselves with the market thinking. I think at the start of the fourth quarter, they were still suggesting that inflation is transitory and there's no need to uh, be raising interest rates too soon. That, uh, and that was something where the market started to align itself with the more market held view and, and less so with what the Fed was saying. And when you start to see those distortions, that's when these problems can potentially arise. But the Fed ultimately followed suit shortly after. And now it seems the two fairly well aligned. So I guess what I'm saying is I don't think we're going to learn too much from these Fed minutes. But one thing that these Fed minutes can all, always bring is a little bit of spiced markets, maybe sometimes just the changing of one word or the inclusion or the removal of one word can either be correctly read into to show a change in a shift in stance, like say so much focus previously on the word transitory, or sometimes can be misinterpreted by the markets to be something where it creates this kind of temporary jolt and just a lot of volatility around the decision. And as I say, I feel like we're still in a relatively liquid time of year. People are still kind of returning. And, and as a result, 
I wonder whether that could have a factor, a, a role to play in it as well. So potentially some volatility around these minutes, but I'd be very surprised if there's anything that the markets aren't already either edging towards or even fully pricing it. Okay, Craig, thanks very much for joining us this morning. We'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. This is the Oanda Podcast.